0: Hi there, this is Daniel Eccles, and you're listening to Learned Opportunity Podcast where we gain more opportunity for your personal and professional life. And this week we are doing something a little bit different. Opportunity is not just all about your career, it's not all about finance and professional life and work, 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 work and all that sort of stuff. Opportunity also comes from having a little bit of fun, and that's what we're going to be doing today. We're changing things up, and we're just having a fun episode, learning about something from someone who is passionate about what it is that they do for a hobby, and that someone is Max Shaw, and Mahalo Max is where you can find him on Instagram, mahalo, M-A-H-A-L-O underscore Max on Instagram, and he is going to be talking to us a little bit about his hobby of tiki culture. Now, if you're anything like me, you have been wanting to get out (laughs) and have a little bit of a trip, maybe have a little bit of fun. You know, sometimes work can be stressful and you just need an escape. And that's what tiki culture is all about, is a little bit of escapism right where you are at. So that's my hope for you and this is your opportunity to escape right where you're at in a healthy way by learning about tiki culture from someone who is passionate about what it is they do for a hobby. So let's jump on over to our conversation with Max Shaw and learn a little bit about tiki culture from him. Hi there, this is Daniel Eccles. Welcome to the Learned Opportunity Podcast. We're here to gain more opportunity in your personal and professional life. We have Max Shaw. Max and I went to college together. And this is maybe a familiar name if you've listened to the podcast. In a previous episode, I talked about hobbies and having fun and how that can lead to opportunities. And I used Max as an example because I saw him over the summer and I'm just super intrigued by his hobby and the things that he's enjoying. Max, why don't you introduce yourself and maybe some people will remember some of the context and everything. And if not, some people will be introduced to you in any way.
1: Yeah, for sure. So my name is Max. Also, my alter ego in the Tiki community, at least as far as I'm concerned, is Mahalo Max, which is a Polynesian word for thankfulness. And I try to have that attitude. And it just sounds really cool. (laughs) It's a good
0: alliteration.
1: Yeah, it's also that alliteration. So it's Mahalo Max. I, about a year ago, started an Instagram account for Tiki stuff. um, And then it just snowballed from there. And I'm still obsessively collecting tiki stuff and driving my wife up a wall with how much I will spend on tiki stuff (laughs) and uh how many different times we have to go to different places because it's tiki related so I'm sure um, she
0: enjoys it sometimes as well Oh, I'm sure
1: she enjoys it sometimes
0: (laughs) oh I'm sure I'm sure I would You, you just recently got married actually a couple months ago
1: yeah i got married back in october i've been dating my wife for about two years and then we got married on our two-year anniversary just to simplify things because i was worried about having to worry remember all these dates so the first day we started dating is the, first, the day that we got married it's just the two-year anniversary and now it's every anniversary on top of that
0: nice pragmatic <laughs> i like that a lot yeah That's yeah good. i try
1: to be very you know think about it logically how is this going? as, gonna as be little really effort
0: nice? as you can make the, 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 yeah yeah out.
1: for sure <laughs> the little there's so many men that have problem remembering well, i'm just gonna reduce that as much as possible <laughs> there you go. Uh,
0: you're doing us a service max and i yeah, appreciate that thank you uh, from all the men out there that are yeah, listening yeah, definitely yeah so how when in the world is tiki culture by the way for anybody that does not know what tiki is
1: so i probably have this conversation three to four times a month i'd say either people reach out to me or have will see me in person like i was home for the holidays and i saw some friends and mm-hmm people will mention this or my sister was introducing us to somebody she had just met and so we were going to downtown Chicago and I was like if we're doing anything we're going to Three Dots and a Dash and we're having drinks and going to a tiki bar because you got to see how he handles being a tiki environment <laughs> and that was really fun and envi- that was a cool opportunity to get to know him in such a different environment and if you haven't been in tiki culture it's really fun and you and I were texting earlier before the podcast and you were talking about how you had just been to Hawaii a year from today, a year ago from today. Yeah. It's on all my memories. memories. Yeah. This is like 17 degrees
0: outside today, 17 degrees ish (laughs) and cold in Indiana and, I'm just like, I was in Hawaii this time last year, yeah. See, but this scenario
1: is like the perfect reason for tiki culture. Tiki culture started in the 19, as early as the 1930s. So there were people coming home from being in Southeast Asia, being in Polynesia mm. during World War II, so they had a lot of soldiers who were used to certain like types of fruits, drinks. And coming back to the United States, there was like definitely an outcry for having some of that tropical aesthetic. And it definitely became a fad following the, the 1930s and definitely into the 60s. Mm. So that was really the birth of tiki culture initially. So you'd see there are two major tiki aficionados, I guess you can call them. You have Trader Vic. And then you have uh, Don the Beachcomber. So both of them almost simultaneously started div- like creating tiki drinks and designing, like decorating and de- designing mm. the restaurants to be tiki themed. So having Polynesian deities, having a bamboo thatch and rattan furniture, all those different things, but all, all encompassing all around the drinks. So mm. this is, uh, tiki is actually surprisingly where the real like bespoke, cocktail culture has stemmed out of like before tiki came around you would have simple cocktails but nothing like super overly complicated it's when tiki comes around that you're now creating syrup specifically for certain flavors mm. you're creating specific liquors just to have a certain flavor profile i can name on just a few off the top of my head that you have probably never heard of most people who are not in tiki culture probably never heard of but all of those things were invented in this time where it was almost like a tiki war to create the newest hottest drink like huh. there, there the, are the probably two drinks that most people listening to this conversation have heard of before there's the mai tai mm-hmm. which most people think that they know what a mai tai is and <laughs> unfortunately the mai tai that most people have had is not even nearly as good as actual mai tai i'll get into that in a little bit that is a point of contention in the tiki community <laughs> and then the not, second it's not one just like this,
0: those cans you can get
1: no, definitely not the cans. But the second one is the zombie. And so, mm. both Trader Vic invented the mai tai in 1934, and then Don the Beachcomber invented the zombie in I think 1944. Mm. And so, ever since then, they that was like duking it out to make as many amazing recipes and stuff. And and honestly, everything that tiki is now lends a lot of its a lot of it was birthed out of that era. And then from the 60s, the end of the 60s to the early 2000s, Tiki was like completely dead. It was like your grandparents thing. It was like it Mm. was kind of like not it was like disco died. So like same thing, disco died a decade later, Tiki died in the 60s. So a lot of these amazing restaurants decorated beautifully, started shutting down because there just wasn't a huge clamoring for it. It was Mm -hmm. the older generation's like leisure thing to do. So their children's generation had no interest. And so there's still a lot of amazing tiki bars that were birthed out of that era that still exist. The few like remaining like older ones were birthed out of the 50s and 60s. There's one called the uh Mai Kai that is in Fort Lauderdale that was built around the 1950s I actually found a Maikai postcard at the book reselling shop and it had it was postmarked for 1958 which was super cool
0: that's really neat yeah
1: super cool but that is one of the oldest remaining tiki establishments but you can see like there's not many left because so many of them died because the culture died with it Hmm. and so let me get into tiki culture then so tiki culture is it's there's sure these there's these kitschy like different things like you have specialty drinks that come in cool mugs and we'll get into the mugs later because that is honestly the most baffling part about tiki to me how expensive these mugs can
0: get you were telling me a little (laughs) bit about it i'm just like oh my goodness how people are paying that much for a a cup
1: (laughs) yeah and so my mind's mindset had a shift too around that Mm -hmm. because when you think of it as a cup it's okay why would i pay two hundred dollars for a specialty cup that's shaped whatever but it's more of
0: a collectible item and there's value with that yeah
1: a collectible and or like literally ceramic art like some Mm -hmm. of these are so like over the top like design that it is basically ceramic art i have a probably the most limited edition mug i have is a one of ten so it's one out of ten mugs that were ever made it's a two-piece mug where it's like hit my mute button really quick. <laughs> Let me go back. So it's a two piece mug where the top comes off and it's like uh-huh. a headdress for this like really huge deity. It's called the King Koo mug. And I had an opportunity to buy it where I had to enter a raffle and buy raffle tickets wow. to get a chance to even purchase it for $200. So I spent $30 to get a chance to buy this Tiki mug. But knowing that if I ever needed to sell it, I could sell it for easy yeah, for five sure. to $600 because of the glaze that it has. It's a glaze specifically for a tiki. Very probably most famous current tiki bar in the United States called Smuggler's Cove. It's in San Francisco. Mm. They have one the most famous tiki like bartending book, the Tiki Drink Book. It has a lo- it's steeped in a lot of tiki culture. It's like a historical book book with recipes mm. and all these different things. It's very cool and it's probably the most popularly selling tiki cocktail book because it has all of the recipes they didn't hold anything except for their rum barrel that's the one thing every tiki bar will always hold sacred is the rum barrel recipe i don't know why it's just always been a thing that's no matter what if they write a book they're always going to keep that one secret (laughs) but anyway so they made this glaze it was a specialty glaze for them during quarantine i bought it and honestly like it's one of the gems of my collection and Mm -hmm. the funny thing is the headpiece broke in shipping And the owners of the bar sent me a different tiki mug as a way to say, sorry about that. And then on top of that, (laughs) then on top of that, they also are getting me a new headpiece made for it. So like, they just straight up sent me a new, like, and that's the thing that's tiki culture Mm -hmm. though. That doesn't surprise me because like, it is, let me make this right. And let me like, make sure that we're on good terms and I was totally fine. I was like, Hey man, stuff happens. Like as long as you're getting your replacement in three or four months, I'm not like, I'm not upset. But the thing about Tiki culture I love is that everybody is genuinely like, like I have a lot of friends I made in this community. Of course we share mutual interest and we talk about similar interests, but then there's also like the, just looking out for each other. Mm -hmm. And it can be as silly as like looking out for a limited edition release that somebody else is around that other people aren't like I've had, I've made friends in California like through Instagram, who are like, I'm going to this release. Does anybody need one? And I was like, Hey bro, I will pay you extra if you pick me up this mug. <laughs> so there's stuff like that where you get to and then I'm now I talk to that person on a regular basis on yeah, Instagram. So it's sure. it's funny like how a hobby can have such be so steeped in a culture yeah i don't know i'm tangenting so much so you can definitely no. you're doing around, what great max you're doing great it's just you're really like, interesting oh, crap. you can talk to me. way too much about this i don't have i already I
0: already, <laughs> I already knew you could talk before before the podcast max there's no problem sure, but sure, i can sure. talk too so i'm happy to i'll
1: let you ask me some more pointed <laughs> questions to keep us on track hey yeah. adhd is running rampant no it's
0: good it's good yeah i just think that's really interesting it's not only just opportunity um For you to just have fun, but also the community building aspects to it. There's a networking. It doesn't have to be just based off of the hobby itself. I'm sure that if um, you needed something, another service, and you knew of another person within Tiki Culture that provided that service, you might actually go to them before you would go to Google, right?
1: Oh, 100%. There's a lot of people I've become acquaintance with that... And that's a funny thing too is I've met people especially working at the the bar I work at who are like incredibly serious professionals like own their mm-hmm. own business and then have a tiki bar in their house and will text me questions about like how to make certain syrups and stuff and it's this is so crazy this dude probably has a multi-million dollar business like small business and then he's like also just as much of a tiki fanatic as me and that's I will say most definitely there's a huge art culture surrounding tiki like mm. as far as like paintings as far as mug design as far as there's just so much like artisanship in the community that like if i'm looking for a cool wood carving for my tiki bar i kn- i can name like three different people that i would go to and ask them for some custom designs and stuff like that and it'd be like 150 bucks but there's something so cool about mm. having a culture that like dude, there's money to be made in Tiki. It's insane. Like, well, there's I know intentionality
0: some people, there oh, and, 100%. as well. And that, yeah. It's
1: marketability for sure too. Mm-hmm.
0: That's super cool. How did you first get into this though? I don't know if I've ever asked you that.
1: Yeah. So I was thinking it's probably good to give a starting point for all of this. So I really, so there's a few different Tiki bars in Chicago. There's the Three Dots and a Dash and there's lost and i grew up in the chicagoland area and actually lost is closing their, their doors this weekend because of covid huh. stuff which is pretty it's, devastating big bummer tiki community is pretty that's des- disappointed about that but uh, so with tiki i definitely drank it three dots and dash like i went out and had a few drinks with some friends at three dots and dash before i was super into tiki so i went there probably as early as like 2017 and just really dug the vibe the mugs were super cool the mugs were $60 though and I was like there's no way I'm gonna spend $60 to buy a mug like that's yeah there's no way I'm gonna spend that 2019 I was moving away and I met up with some friends and I was like I'm gonna get myself a Chicago memento from a place I think is really cool so I think I was starting to have some interest in tiki Mm. so I grabbed what is known as the skull wall mug from three dots so if you walk into three dots and dash you go downstairs because it's like a speakeasy kind of thing mm. so you're in an alleyway and you enter like through a back door and then you go downstairs and down like over the stairs is like this wall made up of like ceramic skulls and then they have it up lit blue and so it's like a super cool skull wall as you're walking down the stairs so they have a mug of the wall called the skull wall and it's super cool and that's what their iconic three dots and a dash drink. So th- I can picture bar, it
0: actually from your Instagram. Yeah. yeah I, I think yeah, I yeah, know yeah. what you're talking about. So the,
1: the the three dots and a dash got their name from a drink called the three dots and a dash, which is Morse code for V, which is V for victory. So if mm. at the end of the war, they would t- send three dots and a dash to mm. people to tell them that the war was won, And that's how the name of this drink. And now the name of the bar came from fun tiki fact. <laughs> but so I went there, got a, a skullwall mug, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I'll have it on my shelf and like when I move to Florida, because I'm now I live in Florida. I'll have it in my like in my house when I moved to Florida or whatever. Oh, I guess pr- prior to that I had gone to Trader Sam's for the first time, which is Disney World has a actually both Disney parks have a bar called Trader Sam's. Mm-hmm. The one in California is called the Enchanted Tiki Bar, the one here is called the Grog Grotto. It's a bar in the Polynesian Resort, which is the Hawaiian Resort at the Disney, like, parks. And so they have a tiki bar done in a way that only Disney can do a tiki bar. Like, every time you order a drink, like, the room changes, lights change color, and there's wind that starts blowing, and it's crazy, like, the amount of things that change and happen with each drink purchase. So I had gone there for the first time, and I was like, oh, dang, this place is awesome. The mugs were like only twenty three bucks, including a drink. So I was like, "Oh man!" Which is is funny that
0: Disney would have something cheaper than the (laughs) other.
1: But I think it's also they uh, just start pumping and pumping them out. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So they just manufacture them in China, and so they're a little bit cheaper. But yeah, Yeah. I I also still believe the same thing. I'm shocked that their mugs are that that cheap. Yeah, they have specialty release mugs that they do for Halloween every year that definitely aren't as cheap. But these are like the run of the mill open Mm -hmm. like. Edition, like there's no limit on how many they make. So I went there and I grabbed a few different mugs because I was like, dang, these are. Oh, I think they were actually sold out of all the ones I wanted. So I got one mug that I thought was really sweet, but I was like, I I definitely want more. And so when I moved to Jacksonville, and and that was the beginning of 2019, the end of 2019, I was like, okay, I got to go to Trader Sam's again. Obviously, that place is sweet. And so me and my brother made a trip down there and I grabbed all the rest of the mugs that they didn't have in stock when we went the last time. But from there, it was just like, a collection and so that was the end of 2019 and then 2020 came and everybody knows what 2020 represents like Mm -hmm. we had two months of not being in COVID and then uh March hit and then all of us were locked down so my like quarantine hobby became tiki so I was Mm -hmm. learning how to so I was learning how to make all the drinks that I loved from Trader Sam's because that's like kind of the easiest stepping stone into hardcore tiki. Like I didn't know how to make all these crazy drinks. They require so many different syrups and ingredients that I was like, oh, there's no way I can make any of these Trader-, Trader Sam's drinks are a little bit more attainable. Like they use juices you can more regularly mm-hmm. get at the store. They use like more easily obtainable rums that are cheaper, whatever. So I started making drinks at home, and then I was like, I think I can make some of these syrups. So over time, I started making my own syrups, and then my rum collection went from 4 to 30 or 35. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. (laughs) Fortunately, I went from a bar cart in my last apartment to having a full-fledged bar that all this stuff can hide behind. So at least I don't look like an alcoholic when people come over. Because it's—they're all mostly full. I need all these different specific things to make tiki stuff. Yeah, each recipe requires
0: a different one, and most of them you're just like stocking and treasuring, probably more so than using. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's definitely ones I've had to make special orders to like different places. I've definitely had to have my. Local, like total wine order specific stuff for me and stuff like that. Um, I think it's
0: really interesting though that, like, 2020, you texted me as we were talking about this uh, today is that Tiki's all about escapism right where you're at. A hundred percent. What a perfect uh, hobby and, and a way to introduce, like, 2020, like you're stuck there at the house mm-hmm. and some memories that you had in Chicago with people that you love. And then also down in Florida, a a wonderful place like the Polynesian Mm -hmm. Resort. and But you can't go to those places. But So the best thing that you can do is is recreate it in the environment where you're at. That's really neat. A
1: hundred percent. That's the thing I think that drew me to it so much is in a time where everybody was like so uncertain and everything was like scary. Like I had something that was like the whole entire culture of Tiki is Mm -hmm. built around escapism and finding like tranquility where you're at like Mm -hmm. a tropical escape where you are like it could be snowing three feet and you still are in the palm trees of florida and it's ironic that i moved to florida so i actually got the palm trees and the tiki at the same time it's funny it's like it's
0: like a more fun cousin of margaritaville or something like that
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so that kind of definitely led everything into it i got into i think the first moment i ever really was like bartending ish was uh my brother-in-law before i was married to his sister it was his 21st birthday and one of the stops was coming by my house and i mixed him up a few different tiki drinks and like some of the mugs that i had collected and i think at that point i maybe have six or seven mugs which now seems like oh
0: i mean do you have now? oh dude i have no idea oh yeah i I have no idea (laughs) i
1: think i let me look at my pictures real quick i think i have at least i would have to guess probably 50 conservatively okay and as far as like high-end ones probably oh no I forgot I have a whole second shelf my brain wasn't thinking <laughs> I have a giant shelf above my my screen door like my sliding door in my apartment and then I have a rattan shelf next to my bar which has three shelves on the wall and oh gosh I probably have close to 70 at this point some of them varying price they could be anywhere from 10 or 20 bucks till some of them are worth like 300 wow. i didn't pay it, 300 some of them i have are from an exclusive club at disney called club 33 and mm-hmm. i have a, i actually have a friend wow. m- one of my mom's friends as a member and she was amazing enough to send me out the ones they have for the summer and then they did an it's a small world one and she only charged me retail or whatever the drink costs that's amazing wow so like 50 or 60 bucks for the those mugs and then each one of those is worth three to six hundred dollars because of the cl- exclusivity mm. So like that part's crazy too. It's I have things in my collection that I paid maybe 50 bucks for, but like any day of the week I could sell on eBay for 600 bucks. No wow. question. It's an it's investment
0: insane. in some ways. Yeah, it is. That's it's totally, totally cool. an investment.
1: Like, honestly, I should probably get insurance on some of
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> you no, know, for sure. I, yeah. I think that's a good idea. That's really and that's neat.
1: The, that's the hardest thing for my wife too, is it's like, big. I could sell it for this. She's, like, but you're not going to, I'm like, but if i actually needed to (laughs) Uh,
0: it's true it's true yeah
1: so it was definitely birthed out of covid for sure i think that's where it really became like a passion and like i've always been a person who loves collecting and so if you give me something cool where it's themed and like my first major purchase for a tiki mug was of a baby yoda mug like i pre-ordered a baby yoda mug from an artist who's like really well known in the tiki community named tiki tony And so I got that mug and it's super fun. It's super cool mug. It took a year to finally get to me just with COVID and shipping stuff. And it like a lot of stuff that happened, but I finally got it. And that was like my first major Tiki purchase. And now I can sell that for 150 bucks if I wanted to. Mm. So there's stuff like that where it's, Oh, At least my my purchases are worth what they keep their value and or grow grow in value. So it's like worth the wait in a way.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of hobbies out there and purchases that people could make that uh, do not retain their value. So I I think you have an argument for continuing to do what you're doing.
1: Yeah, Just friend, enable
0: you, Max.
1: <laughs> yeah, please enable me. I need as many people as possible when my wife starts yelling. At I'm me. <laughs> being a really
0: good mental health counselor today. I'm enabling you, and I'm also advocating yeah. for escapism. No, <laughs> I,
1: I definitely need that. Hey, there's a healthy amount of there totally escapism, is. as long yes. as it's not coping with the underlying mental issue. And I think during COVID, we all needed something to cope with for an sure. underlying mental issue. For sure. But uh, so at the, what was I going to say? So at the end of the day, like, it's expensive like it's I'm not saying it's not and honestly the worst than the collecting the mugs is furnishing a tiki bar because you're always on the hunt for like cool tribal masks at like at antique malls or like things on Facebook marketplace or things like that like it's insane how much it takes to furnish a tiki bar and I found really cool pieces and stuff like that I've inherited a bunch Mm -hmm. of like tribal African stuff that my grandma picked up when she was in Africa at different points, like I actually took a lot of that home over Christmas break. And I'm like, oh, this will be perfect for a tiki bar. And everybody else in my family is like, good, you think you're taking that? Because literally, we would have thrown it away when grandma and grandpa passed away. <laughs> like, it's going in the trash. And I'm like, oh, this no, this is great is for a tiki bar. Useful.
0: I think <laughs> so it you know, might be- prolonging in- history. <laughs> exactly. I think it might be intimidating for some listeners, maybe, like, to feel like, oh, in order to get a hobby, I, I have to go do this to this level but it definitely didn't start for you from zero to 100 Mm -hmm. you don't go from zero tiki mugs to over 70 (laughs) and all that in in a very short amount of time so if you're wanting to develop a hobby or have fun which honestly is really beneficial to your mental health and then also just for professional and personal development in general Mm -hmm. um it's just about starting somewhere small with something that just has a slight interest. It doesn't have to be a major investment, which might make people not want to go down that road and get started because the cost seems intimidating. Yeah,
1: for sure. And if you want to get into Tiki, there's plenty of places you could start Smuggler's Cove. The book is a great place to learn about Tiki culture and and everything Tiki related even has lists of really cool tiki bars you can go to outside of the round, which is crazy that a tiki bar made a book and then basically listed all the other cool tiki bars you can go to. That's, that's just cool. indicative of the culture. Yeah. Community it's very of much like it's a mm-hmm. community. Like everybody's a part of it. There's no competition really. Yeah.
0: But I feel that I would say the, like, if you're interested specifically
1: if you're interested specifically in tiki, that's the place to start. But if you're just looking to start a, a hobby in general, I mean hobby starts from something you're passionate about, something you like, something that you enjoy. Honestly, it comes from a personal desire. Like, And that might be, especially in light of COVID, I think people might not know where to start because they don't know how to get outside the constraints of the box they built themselves mm-hmm. into, maybe physically, maybe mentally. I know for sure I was struggling with that outside of like my hobbies and stuff, just feeling really locked into a scared not a scared mindset but just like apprehensive mm. about like changes the future not really knowing when the next blow was going to come so just like being conservative at like how my approach to things so i can get why it might be hard especially now for people to start new hobbies because like, i don't know what i could invest in i yeah. can't really do things with other people as much with what if i start going, going
0: out and doing this thing and, and then we all get locked in again for yeah quarantine definitely
1: or, mm-hmm. i think Definitely a place to start is to find something that interests you. It can be as easy as just like Reddit is a place where things at least hobbies for me have been only increased because then you find a community of people where that's the that's one of their favorite Mm -hmm. hobbies too you can find subreddits there's a subreddit for tiki that i'm super involved in i post at least once or twice a month comment regularly we'll share recipes we'll share different stuff we'll share mugs we'll share experiences like pictures of our last tiki bar visit or whatever like it's just fun to get to live vicariously through other people in the community and get tips and tricks because that's honestly i didn't know half the stuff i know now yeah like a lot of the things i learned about what the heck type of rums should I have in my collection? What the heck would I should I do with this? How do I make this syrup or whatever? There's a lot of that stuff I learned from being a part of the community. But finding that hobby is definitely, you just have to start from zero. What interests you? What has interest mm-hmm. you in the past? Another thing that I really love to do is build gaming desktops. Like I, I love building computers. It's a lot harder considering crypto mining's taking every single available card. <laughs> that is a challenge and it's harder to be like, don't get a gaming console, get a PC. But that's something I love to do. Like I've loved building computers. It's Legos for adults, <laughs> and a little bit more complicated Legos for adults. But <laughs> there's definitely community built up around that as well. It's just it can be something as silly as building computers. Like it doesn't have to be what other people consider a hobby. Like mm-hmm. oh, I I go bird watching or whatever random. That could be your thing. There's people who love bird watching. Yeah. If that's what brings you. Ultimately, at the end of the day, like your hobby needs to bring you more. Rest and relaxation, especially in the modern like nine to five mm-hmm. working forty to sixty hours every week, your hobby shouldn't be stressing you out more than your regular day job. Cause then at that point, what's the benefit of it? If you're doing something that makes you more stressed, like that's the opposite of what a hobby is, in my opinion. Like yeah. that that's just called So
0: besides rest and and relaxation and other stuff, have you seen your hobby? antique culture benefit your professional work as a creative director or where have you seen any sort of benefits from having a hobby
1: yeah 100 percent. so especially lately i've started to design a lot of my own drinks like from things i've because i've seen so many different recipes i have a lot of the ingredients at my house i'll just try try testing new recipes and doing different stuff with things i have lying around and so then i get to make new Mm -hmm. different delicious tasting drinks and that honestly is really fun for me because now i'm stretching my creativity in a in an environment that isn't specifically on my computer screen Mm. there's something to be said about creating creativity in something that's different in a different like avenue with different things than what you're used to i think it really helps to have multiple facets of creativity especially when my job is so like how many more times am I going to make a graphic on a screen that looks different than something else? Like I need to inspire creativity some other way.
0: Yeah, and so yeah. Having
1: Tiki is great for that. Cause then I get to do, I get to stretch my mind creatively in other ways. And then I'm not like burning the candle at both ends. Mm. Cause before my, my hobby used to be photography, but when I'm doing that so much professionally, like it's hard to maintain a hobby that is a hundred percent your professional job. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's easier now. I don't do nearly as much photography and I now I enjoy it. But before it was like, this can't be my hobby anymore because it brings me stress. <laughs> I don't want to shoot a bunch of pictures of this cool thing. Like my wife is mad after our honeymoon because I took my uh, digital camera and then it took me like two weeks to even get her anything. And she's like, all right, forget it. I'm just going to edit these myself. And I was like, all right, fine. But things like that, it, you start to lose that drive if your hobby becomes um, your like, full-time gig. And, and there's something to be said about both. Like Some people can do it and really love to do both and still stay passionate about mm-hmm. photography. But I, I was realizing more quickly that it wasn't for me and I needed a new hobby. And that's when I've stumbled into Tiki. But I think what you're getting at is how can that benefit you professionally? So I befriended the owner of a Tiki bar in Jacksonville, which I never thought, Jacksonville would have a tiki bar. The Lord works in mysterious ways, and I i We're, okay. To be on,
0: Just real quick, a little side note. It, Where's the most yeah. random tiki bar that you have found?
1: Dude, there's tiki bars in there's tiki bars in the sub suburbs of Chicago in like a random suburb. <laughs> like it's been there for sixty years. It's called the Hale It has the one of the craziest Witco collection, which is like a, a mid century like tiki designer brand that made these masks and like wood carvings that are worth like their Witco collection that restaurant is probably worth three hundred thousand dollars it's insane but you never would know that unless you're super new tiki so that's a really cool one that's in a really random spot there's some in i would say jacksonville's got to be pretty up there with just the most random place for a thriving tiki bar like we have a big city it just goes to show that people are intrigued by the idea of tiki like there's one in grand rapids
0: when we were in grand rapids right
1: yeah there's an amazing one in grand rapids called max's south sea highway and no i was not a part of making it as much as i would have loved to <laughs> <laughs> there's it, that one opened right before covid so god willing they're still open which i'm thankful for because yeah. that place is insane that is a very cool Tiki bar, like maybe one of my favorites I've ever been to. That's a two-floor Tiki bar with a Tiki Airbnb on the third floor. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to Max's, it's pretty freaking awesome. That's
0: really cool, a Tiki Airbnb. Anyway, you were saying about professional, yeah. yada, yada. So, yada you know?
1: <laughs> so I hit up this guy at Secret Tiki Temple, which is the bar that I've worked at, and I'll get to that. He was the owner. I went to just check it out after COVID was like covid quarantine was like over for everybody in florida which was like two weeks after it started <laughs> let's be honest oh goodness so we ended up going like july when i felt more comfortable going in a restaurant again but we went to check it out it was all socially distanced i was like okay this is good everybody's wearing masks so it wasn't like super sketchy But <laughs> well, so we went in and it was like insane i had never really been to like a true tiki bar i'd been to 3000 dash which is more like bespoke like young professional chicago or chicago mm-hmm. yeah and then disney is way more disney so it's still yeah. expensive drinks and stuff so i went to secret tiki and i'm like this place is insane like we went on a weekday during happy hour and it was like six bucks per drink and i was like this is awesome and i've never had these drinks like i had to try certain things for the first time and everything was way too strong for my palate at that time so i'm like oh my gosh how do people drink this but it was just a great experience and like over the year like i would text him stuff and we would like text back and forth like it's when you make a tiki friend it's like a tiki friend for life like we, he still te- texts me regularly with stuff he finds, like his newest, latest mug purchase, and I'll do the same to him. So come August of last year, so that was 2020, August of 2021, I was getting bored in my current job and I'd really been into tiki and tiki bartending for, I had a bartended a few events. I got my bartending license in Florida. I bartended a few events for like pool parties. I was a tiki bartending. I brought three different drink recipes and it was a smash hit. And I was like, okay, this is really fun. I could do this professionally, like mm. to some degree. So I hit up my buddy, Tommy. I was like, hey, are you looking for any more bartenders? Yeah, I'm always looking. So I interviewed with them. I got hired like a week later and then I started working a shift or two a week. And so I worked Tuesday nights, like three to close. So I'd work seven to three at my my nine to five. And then I work three to 1030 at my tiki job. But like when you enjoy your other job, it doesn't really feel like work. So that was the fun part at first. It's definitely starts to feel more like work as time has gone on. It definitely starts to feel more like work. But it definitely was like super like fun to be making extra money and getting tipped on yeah. like stuff that I would want to do anyways. And I'm getting to do it with other resources that I don't have to pay for and essentially, and then I also found out that I'm a great server because at the Tiki Bar I work at, it's so small. Like you're both a mm. server and a bartender. And like my first day people were like, this is your first day serving ever. And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. They're like, we would never have been able to tell. <laughs> it was so funny. I'm like, man, I can maybe I got it. The You just
0: enjoy. Like hanging around people and yeah, there's definitely
1: something to be said about the charisma and like just enjoying talking to new people. It was like after COVID, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what my heart needed to just talk to strangers for a bit. (laughs) Yeah, that's I basically just started a second job, like facilitating like some extra income by doing that. I probably. When I work four shifts every two weeks, I make an extra seven hundred probably. And then if I just work two shifts, which is what I've shifted to, just working one shift a week, it's about three fifty. And then that's not including cash tips. Yeah. But so it's probably about four hundred bucks every month or, or every. Which is two great because then yeah.
0: you, you can buy more mugs.
1: Yeah, honestly, that's what the money's seriously going towards is facilitating my Tiki obsession and then going to other stuff because my wife would kill me if that was the only thing I spent (laughs) my money on. (laughs) She's okay, but you you have to save some of this too. I'm like, all right, fine.
0: You have to have that annual pass at at Disney and everything and it all adds up, right?
1: (laughs) That's the crazy thing is the annual pass for Disney. If you live in Florida, is like nothing.
0: Yeah. 40
1: bucks a month right now for me. Wow. Yeah. That's I think last time we walked in the park, it said something like two twenty foot park hopper for one day. And I'm like, Oh gosh,
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody I'm happy outside. to live here. Yeah, know <laughs> on paper, lot. maybe I'll live in Florida for the rest of my, my life so I can keep my annual pass. <laughs> <There you
0: go. laughs> Just keep a PO box.
1: <laughs> who knows? I'm also one of those weird Disney adults. I try not to be that on the nose and like upfront about it. I try to hide as much as I can about it.
0: Yeah. Like, but you know,
1: it, one of those people who goes to Disney once a month is like, yeah. I, but
0: it's fun. It's fun. It is. It, it has its place. I think that people just don't understand um, because they haven't experienced it. But the thing that, that you're that... saying, though, is that if somebody's interested in something, just find somebody that's passionate about it and they're going to be happy to share information, 100%. to share yeah. the, the avenues to just get started at least, um, because they're excited for you. They really enjoy it. So mm-hmm. don't be intimidated by uh, anybody that is doing something that you would be interested in at least trying on for size. Go out there and send them a message and ask for first steps to see oh, 100%. How, they, how you can do it. So
1: in as much as I hate to shill for the corporate overlords overlords at Instagram, <laughs> like that's a place where I've yeah. carried a lot of my friendships I've made from Intiki and ask people questions and that's a good place to start as DMs on Instagram like most people if they're passionate about something are more than happy to talk about it and want to share information about it I've had people reach out to me with questions and I've given them like paragraphs and paragraph long responses because it's like here let me teach you how to do what I do Mm -hmm. as much as I understand and it's like there's definitely been people on Instagram I reached out to who gave me more context on how to do a certain thing and really is the backbone behind that community. And there's a community for every interest and every hobby, for like sure. there's for PC building, like I could find it, people who are interested in that same thing, like things like that. There is a community built around everything and you can always find people with mutual interest. And then there's people who are more than willing to answer questions. There's some communities that are not as patient with answering questions, but I'm just thankful <laughs> that Tiki's one where people yeah. are more I than happy to talk about it all the time. And so it's easy to find people on Instagram. I'll get a response back usually same day. Mm -hmm. No question. Like people are usually very good at responding because they want to share more information about their passion and their hobby. Like, When you find passionate people, like it's hard to make them shut up about it. And that's why this podcast is going so long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On that note, though, what is your contact info or how would anybody connect with you if they're interested in learning more?
1: Yeah, sure. My pluggables, I got you. So my pluggables are Instagram. You can find me at Mahalo, M-A-H-A-L-O underscore M-A-X. Mahalo, Max. And if you're interested in Tiki, you just want to be like, hey, your voice is really nasally annoying. I'm sorry. I'm sick right now. <laughs> Whatever you want to tell me, you can hit me up through there, answer any questions. And if you want to get into Tiki, you're like, hey, give me some drink recipes that you've invented and you want to try. Hit me up. This is, Here's an Easter egg. You can hit me up on Instagram. I will give you a drink recipe that I've created and that I haven't shared many places. There you go. So, and it's, it's a pretty easy one to make at home. If you got bourbon and you can find certain juices, you can make it right at home. But besides that, just hit me up on Instagram. I'm trying to limit my social media as much as possible. That's the one I've had to keep just eventually before it runs me to the end of my rope again, (laughs) like the other social media. Take a
0: little break.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I'm definitely on a hiatus right now. So you might have to wait a little bit for a response. But uh, yeah, hit me up on Instagram. Follow me there if you're interested in what the heck tiki stuff is. I post a lot of either my home bar or like different bars I've gone to or new mug purchases. So I think I'm actually going to post some stuff that I, some pictures I took recently at a three dots under dash. So yeah, definitely hit me up on Instagram. Tiki culture, look up smugglers cove. That's my other pluggable. Look up the book smugglers cove by Martin and I think Catherine Kate. I feel terrible. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, Martin, Kate, and then. There's other books by Beachbum Barry, who is like the guy who re—he's the grandfather like the new grandfather of tiki. He brought mm. tiki back from the 2000s. He was the one championing it for years and years. Now he has a tiki bar in New Orleans called Latitude 29, that he's the owner of. But he's like the grandfather of tiki now, because he brought it back from the brink, and oh. now it's become the more popular thing that it is now. And he's actually the guy who runs the Sip and Santa pop up, like that's his thing. That's so neat. it's funny how invested, like you can cross the wires all over tiki community and like the map wall where like, all the things connect and like the person crazy person's room like this guy is connected here and there yeah but, i'm
0: sure it's a, a small community sort of thing where everybody at least is connected to somebody that you would like yeah 100 percent. yeah <laughs>
1: Thanks so much for having me on, man. It's been awesome to get to talk about Tiki. I didn't even scratch the surface. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When people are clamoring for more Tiki conversation, maybe we'll have to start a new podcast. Yes.
0: yes. If you're interested in more <laughs> Tiki conversation, um, send a message and say, we want Max back. Like, we don't care about any of that yeah. other opportunity junk, Daniel. Bring us Max. We want to talk about Tiki. I'd be yeah. happy to, to have him on. Because we'll start I a podcast called it.
1: Tiki Talk. And <laughs> And you'll just be the layman who's, what does this mean? And I'll be like, here's what you mean. Every week we'll have a new drink recipe. It'll be like a Martha Stewart kind of thing.
0: (laughs) I just thought Tiki was a room at Disney World. (laughs) Yeah, at Disney World where
1: the birds sing.
0: (laughs) The birds sing and the flowers bloom.
1: Okay, one last anecdote for that because that's super funny. So my wife, I make her go to the Tiki room because of course I love it. She hates it because the clicking of the eyes creeps her out. Like the animatronics (laughs) clicking creeps her out. And so we told that to my niece. And so she would watch videos with my sister while my sister was visiting out uh-huh. there. And my sister asked her, what do you like about the Tiki room after we went this past summer? And she said, I like the clicking of the eyes <laughs> just to be a little turd <laughs> about what my wife just said. The clicking
0: of the eyes, Clicking the That's funny. I like the
1: clicking of the eyes. She's so cute. She's too funny. <laughs> All
0: right, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank I you. appreciate it. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. And the best way to continue to hear more episodes, we keep coming out with them every Friday is to make sure you like follow subscribe whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on it might be different but follow or subscribe in order to make sure that you don't miss any of the new episodes coming out each Friday thanks for listening join us next time as we continue to gain more opportunities for more people
1: Boom.